Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. To another episode of Holly Sotswares Live. I mean, I'd like to say I'm recovering from last night, but um, I, I don't think I am really. I think it's a running theme at the moment. But with me tonight to try and dissect exactly what went wrong against Everton, I have a stacked guest list of panelists with me tonight. And it's a brand new one as well because we have two Tottenham fans and two Everton fans. So it'll be quite interesting to get both takes on both our teams. So from the Tottenham side tonight, I have Brian from Tottenham Way. Brian, how are you doing on this fine Saturday evening? Uh, well, it's Saturday afternoon for me here in Toronto, and everything is absolutely lovely until we dive into about what we're about to talk about. I actually think the Everton fans should be on the top and we should be on the bottom because <laughs> we are that bad at the moment. So, uh, So yeah, this will be fun. This will be much fun. Yeah, I think it'll, hopefully it'll be therapeutic, but um, a bit like Casey is, he's still a bit annoyed about yesterday. We all are in the same boat, Casey, it's all Gucci. And with me on the Everton side, first off, I have Rose, otherwise known as Everton Rose. How are you today, Rose? I'm okay. I've been enjoying the weather, but in terms of the football, I'm pretty disappointed as well. So I'm looking forward to getting into this one. Oh, no, it's just depression season supporting both our clubs this season, I feel. Um, and also with us, we have Mike from the Blue Boys Network. Mike, how are you today? Uh, I'm as devastated as I was yesterday. Like, it just destroys your entire weekend, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a rough one last night. It was indeed. Like I said, I was lucky enough to be drinking in the Agon Bar and... I think I was lucky enough to be doing that because, like I said, I'm just numb from everything now. Um, body parts and, and brain and mind, to be honest. Um, so let's kick off. So obviously it was kick off, so to speak. And obviously from a Tottenham's perspective and from Everton's perspective, we've got the team lineup. Now, Brian, I come to you first. This happens every time I see one name on the team sheet, and that is Dyer. Brian, what's your take on playing that back three against Everton? Yesterday. Do you know, honestly, I, I say it on my channel, literally, the last few games have been jumpers for goalposts, just run about and do stuff and uh, play where you want and do what you want. Um, especially when you see Eric Dyer playing as a striker mid for most of the second half for no reason whatsoever. Um, I The back three doesn't make sense. Uh, the, they, they didn't have uh, Calvert-Lewin playing. They didn't have a real striker playing. Richarlison does it, and he, he can be a threat, but he keeps going out to help uh, Luca Dina, and he plays a bit on the left. So why we've got three centre-backs when there's not really a striker blows my mind. And the fact that we have three midfielders, but there were still gaps in the centre that were bigger than the Grand Canyon. Um, nothing, nothing no, like I've said before, nothing about Tottenham right now makes sense to me. And every single week is a different formation. How do you get the best out of a team when every week it's something different. It's ridiculous, as is our club at the moment. <laughs> I preach it 100%. Now, we've been here all season and we've seen a chop and change at the back. And like you said, no one's ever going to be able to adapt to that if it's changed each week. And I, I just don't understand. And the real passion uh, Jose Mourinho has for diet just blows my mind. We've seen him cost us so many points. And I don't know if you agree with me, Brian, at the start of the season he was all right. And then he fell off a cliff. And I don't know why Jose is still 
pushing for him to play. Well, what's your take on, on, on Dyer, obviously? So I even said after we beat Arsenal 2-0 that Eric Dyer was a monster. He was incredible. He really, really was. But the thing is, he his concentration is not very good at all. And the one thing I hate about it with Jose and Dyer's relationship is there's no accountability. What he does is he plays him because he loves him. And then as soon as he makes a couple of mistakes, he doesn't do like what he does with Deli Ali and come out and give him accountability and slate him and throw him under the bus. He's like, just go sit on the naughty step for a while, wait for this to blow down, and then I'll bring you back randomly for no reason whatsoever. We have had this situation with Dyer through two managers now, Poch and, and, uh, and Jose right now, and our supreme leader, uh, who is at every game, wears his glasses there, monitor it. He can't even see it. This buffoon can't even see it. So uh, every, every, every Spurs fan can feel it. Every Spurs fan knows it, but Jose and his ego has to play him. Mm. God knows why. I- I totally get that. I just, I don't know where he's, like you said, I don't know why he's got this enthusiasm for him because he costs us all the time. Now, obviously, with Spurs, we've got this this caption we like to use as individual errors. Now, Rose, last night, I think your back for obviously had a lot of Mm. individual errors, which I think kind of costed you. So what did you kind of make on your your back system last night? Horrific. (laughs) No, they were, I always back them. I always, you know, I'm I'm trying to persist with Mason Holgate. He'll come good. Like I, I'm really trying. And Michael Keane's had a really good season, to be fair to him. But yesterday, I don't know what they were doing. You've got Holgate diving down for the first one, trying to head it out like that, and then it bounced off Michael Keane. It, I'm just I'm just so disappointed with that because. What must Ancelotti be thinking? Like he's coached some of the best defenders in the world at a time. And then to see that, um, and apparently there are rumours as well that we're going to get rid of Yeri Mina, who's another one of our centre-backs. Um, like I don't want us to do that. <laughs> if we do that, then like we have to get a world-class centre-back in. I think it's just, it cost us two points um, yesterday. And, and <sighs> we're an injury-hit team. Our squad isn't good enough. We know that. But um, the defending yesterday, I mean, I don't even want to insult Sunday League footballers. Like, I think that that is how bad that we're looking at what, what Holgate and Keane were doing there. It, it was, I don't like slating the players. I really don't. But it, it, it was just a nightmare. Like, every, they, I think they were just panicking when they saw Kane near them. Maybe they were just, you know, terrified. So they didn't know what to do. Um, I'm interested to hear Mike's thoughts on that one. Go on, go away, Mike. Go on, you tell us what you you make of that uh, that back partnership. Can I um, can I swear on your channel? Go for it, mate. They were fucking horrific. <laughs> it was it was one of the worst centre back pairing partnerships as a as a unit I've seen in a blue shirt. They were horrendous. They couldn't read each other's games. Keane would step over to Holgate when Holgate would mark his man. Holgate would do the same with Keane. Neither of them knew exactly what either one of them was doing. And as a result of that, the whole... The the, 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 the centre-back pairing last night was a car crash. Every single time the ball would go near them, I'd worry. And Rose... And a lot of Everton fans, and and right, you know, rightly so. Michael Keane has had an. Uh, I'm going to say an okay season. I'm not going to say a good season because 
He was at fault for the Brighton goal. He was at fault for the Fulham goal earlier in the season. He's making these individual mistakes. We already know Mason Holgate makes these individual mistakes. We already know it. We've seen it all season. For me, I don't, I, I don't understand how Yuri Mina is being linked with a move away over them to. I don't get it. Yuri Mina, in my opinion, is our second best centre back, most improved player in this Everton team this season, in my humble opinion. And I don't get it. I just don't get it. Can I mention something about the Everton defence? Just very quick. I just want to say, Rose, you said... I just need to go to my door. One second. Rose, it's actually what you were talking about, getting a world-class centre-back in. I actually think, potentially, you already have one at your club. And he's playing at right-back now. And I wish we had got him, which is Godfrey. Yeah. He is. He is, honestly, I think he is centre-back for Norwich. We were after him. But obviously, again all house supreme leader um, with his transfer negotiations uh, and and you went and got him and honestly his pace his power and if he's displaying like he is at right back right now he's going to be incredible incredible at centre back yeah yeah no he's he's probably one of our I'd probably even say one of our best signings because obviously when you sign James Rodriguez you can't say that oh. Ben Godfrey is the best one but like for expectations based on what he's doing yeah uh, I think he's a he's a great player and one to look out for in the future in terms of England as well yep. um yeah I think I yeah I agree with Mike entirely like we, we try to back the players but last night you, you just can't you know you just can't defend that it was just so so bad so yeah and it is really interesting the fact that you said that obviously you need a world-class centre-back to come in to transform your defence. And I sadly think, like I keep saying, I feel like, as bad as it sounds, I feel like Everton are the northern equivalent of Tottenham. That's like my famous saying, because there's so many different parallels between the both of us. Like you said yesterday on your channel, Rose, about that we've got red, lousy, uh, noisy labours next door. We've got, we haven't got the cut, the silverware as those noisy neighbours. It, it's the same sort of parallel in that kind of sense. So going forward, obviously, we've, we've touched on the goals and we spoke about your defence. And I just want to turn the corner slightly and talk about our defence, because obviously there was that penalty that happened. Now, I want to kind of get all of your guys' takes on it. Now, VAR for me is causing more talking points than good for all the bad reasons. Correct. So, Brian, I'll come to you first. Obviously, what do you kind of take on that penalty for, give, for being given? Do you think it's soft or do you think in the way of football's going at the moment, there's contact? It's a, it's a penalty. The way the rules are now, it's a penalty all day long. Whether whether you want to be with your Tottenham hat on and go, oh, the guy dived, the guy did this, the guy... If you want to look at a dive, watch about 20 minutes earlier when Dumbele gets tapped here and falls on the floor like he's been absolutely smacked with a baseball bat. Um, no one talks about that. No one talks about that. Um, it's a penalty. And Regulon, I have no idea what he's doing there in the centre of the pitch. You're a left wing back. You're meant to be full bombing forward. Why you're in the uh, in the D just outside the, or with inside the area? But uh, it, I think it was Rodriguez that went down, wasn't it? Or was it whoever it was that went down? It was Rodriguez. Okay, this guy is a sensational player, sensational, um, and it raised a lot of eyebrows when Everson could attract him. And obviously, Ancelotti can get that kind of player. He knows what he's doing. He knows without doubt that the players behind him and do you know what? He played the game. He played the game and it's a penalty, regardless, in my eyes. Not even the soft one. It's a penalty in the way of the law today. 
So I think that's a good point. Like we spoke about the one that happened a few weeks ago and it was a kind it was the same kind of vibe in a sense that sadly in the laws of the game now is a penalty. So Rose, I come to you, obviously the man that stepped up and scored that goal was Sigsy. And that kind of broke my heart a little bit. So obviously he was the man that obviously scored the second goal as well. And we'll get into Tottenham's defence again in a minute. But how are you feeling about Sigerson this season? What what's your kind of take on him? Has he been in well? Is he is he not? Is he here and there, hit and miss? Hit and miss, yeah. Squad player for me. Like he's that's the I think that's the most frustrating thing about Sigerson is that he can play like he played yesterday in that second goal, but then for the three, four games before that, he hasn't really done anything. So it's really frustrating. He hasn't been the worst. Like I I I mean, if you look at likes of Iwobi and Bernard, who've just been completely anonymous this season, so he's not the worst, but for the price tag that we paid, um, I was expecting more from him. Um, but yesterday, I have to say, probably one of his best performances this season, his link-up play um, with Hammers uh, going forward was something that was really good that I hope that we take into the Arsenal game. And yeah, like I think, there's, I think it splits fans whether we should offer him a new contract for me, like you can't get rid of everybody in one window. So I would maybe offer him no more than a two year. Like I think he's going into his last year now. Um, give him a couple of years. Squad player, I'd be looking to bring somebody in in his position because Hammers won't play every game in the season. Sigurdsson's getting on now. Um, but yeah, one of his better performances yesterday. It had to be against Tottenham, didn't it? It just had to be. It was yeah. written in the stars. He does. He loves playing against you, Yeah. <laughs> survive um i just want to go back to the penalty quick to you mike obviously we've got stefan in the chat who is a everton fan and he's saying it was never a penalty can you kind of see that kind of take on it or do you believe with, I, with brian i didn't think said? i didn't think it was a penalty i thought it was at the start i thought it was when when it initially happened i thought oh yeah he's caught him he's gone down but i think the more you look at it he's already falling before he gets caught he, he's he looks like he's tripping over before he gets caught so for me yeah it's not a penalty but there's been some ridiculous decisions with VAR. I think the biggest highlight out of it is actually how bad VAR is because, you know, it, it, there was a few moments in the game where you could say, oh, it was a foul or it wasn't a foul or, you know, we've seen it see we've seen it week in, week out now where VAR make these mistakes. Now, look, obviously for Everton last night, it was a little bit of a gift, I would say, and we did get the penalty, but it... It's a difficult one. Nobody really knows anymore. That's the problem. Like, we all sit here, and VAR was meant to eliminate, in my opinion, opinion. It was meant to be factual. That is a penalty. That is not a penalty. That is offside. That is not offside. What it's actually done is caused a whole heap of issues with offsides, with penalties, with fouls in general. It's a shambles. So, no, for me, I thought it was soft, but I only thought it was soft after the initial decision was given because originally I did think it was anyway. I like that you said that, Mike, because like we've kind of alluded to, the fact that VAR is causing more problems than good at the moment. We shouldn't be having this discussion after a game saying, was it a penalty, was it not a penalty? It should be clear, black and white, saying, well, it's, it's a penalty, it's, it's not a penalty. It's the worst yeah, thing I that's think. happened in English English football, in my opinion. Yep, I agree. What are you gonna say? I think it's the you? officials as well. Like mm. <laughs> like some of the offsides, like what the lines that they're drawing, and I'm just looking at it like that's not that's not what this is for, is it? And like, you know, his arms offside or his hair is you know, just like yeah, it, it's it's the thing is, I mean, if there were fans there, 
like you know in, in many ways a, a lot of us now just have to watch it on te- on tv but if you can imagine if there's 40 50,000 fans and you're taking five minutes to decide on you know this like narrow margin i think it could actually get quite ugly in terms of you know the, the, the worst and that. the worst one from a from an everton perspective was last season at man united it was the last game at goodison mm. and a goal was disallowed in the very last minute, which would have meant Everton beat Man United. It was given for the most ridiculous reason I've ever seen a VAR. And ever since that moment, I've just thought, I'm done with this. And this season, it's managed to get worse. I mean, it's, it, it's the, honestly, it's horrendous. And it's a good it's a good thing which, um, where is it, Cody's written here about the standard of fish in the Premier League. You think this is one of the best yeah. leagues in the world? And the standard of refing is so poor in my eyes. The cowards, the cowards. Mm. This, the, the, the people on the actual pitch now, in my opinion, are either too scared to de- give a decision, so it goes to VAR, where they don't look like complete muppets, and then a decision is interpreted, slowed down to the nth degree, lines are drawn on people's armpits and all sorts of parts of their bodies, <laughs> comparing against little toes and, and, and stud marks on grass in boots. It's, just, it's honest to God. I, I sit there... The, the officiating in the Championship and in League One and in League Two is much better in, than the Premier League because these people won't bottle a decision. It's a very true yeah. point. And I, I feel like with refs, they kind of back each other because that's just the kind of the way it is. So with that being said, obviously I want to move away from obviously the penalty decision and to talk about one thing I know for sure, and that is that Harry Kane is a king. And sadly, a king... I don't feel he's going to win silverware. I mean, we've got City coming up. Oh, still don't feel confident about that. So, Brian, what do you make of Harry Kane's, I mean, work again against Everton? All hail Harry Kane. All hail Harry, the greatest striker right now on the planet. Without foul, hands down. He may not get the 50 goals that Messi does or whatever, but his passing, his defending, his everything, his commitment. He is the model professional. You never see any problems with him. He's always there, and it just goes to show. All right, he got the assist from the two Everton players, but he had to be sharp and alert to get that. His, his first touch for the first goal was stunning, but do you know what it is? It's the second goal for me. The second goal where it just came to him. He didn't even move. He just let that ball bounce, smash Pickford, try and get that. He is ruthless. He is outstanding. And unfortunately, unfortunately... He ain't staying at Tottenham. And you know what? Every single Tottenham fan, don't blame him. That's how bad it's got. That This guy needs to win medals. This guy deserves to win medals. Not just golden boots. Um, he needs personal accolades. I mean, he needs team accolades, which he is destined for. And I just can't see it happening here. I, I, I was even saying that when he went off, there were people saying, do you know what? That could have been Harry Kane's last time in a Spurs shirt. And even that, and if you look at it, basically, we had <clears throat> two shots, two goals yesterday. And if that hadn't have fallen to Harry Kane, it would have been two shots, no goals. Mm. That's that's how clinical he is. And uh, we've got to brace ourselves for the worst. We have to for the rest of this season. And I, I don't even know where we go <laughs> without him. I don't know. I really don't. I mean- I saw a crazy stat. I don't know how much truth it is because it's on Twitter, but apparently if we exclude all of Harry Kane's goals, we'd be sitting 17th right now. That's how the that's, rest of life is. That, well, do you yeah. know, is that including all his goals or including all of his assists as well? 
Because then if you include his assist, we're probably relegated. It, yeah, the, the stat is, if you take his goals out, you're 17th. And if you take his assists out, you're 19th or something like that. And and, and I don't I don't mean to like, for me, and sorry to put in on a, the Spurs right. element, but for me, <laughs> for me, Harry Kane is, I really fear for Spurs next season. I highlighted it back in, I think it was December when we played you was it, no, it wasn't December. Was it January or February when we played you at Goodison? I highlighted it to to Tobes, you know, an Arsenal fan. Um, I, you know, he was very, very putting Everton down. He did it in the preview for this one. He said that the 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 Spurs side is better than the Everton side, which I disagree with massively. But Harry Kane is the is the player that stands both teams completely apart. If you get what I mean, with everyone. Stand- yeah, Son hasn't done it since February. And if you take Kane out of the equation next season, what what happened to Spurs next season? The, see, it's a good question, but I feel like we need to imp, like implode in ourselves for the board to even... I know Brian's itching to talk about it, but I feel like something drastically needs to happen for the board to wake up because they're just riding this wave. Um, just I want to get your take, Rose, on Harry Kane quick, and then I'll come back to Brian on on the board because we've we just touched on it slightly. Um, I just want to say, Cody Mac, I I am uh, struggling a bit with my hangover, but we move. Um, so Rose, <laughs> what do you uh, what's your take on Harry Kane? Yeah, I think he's a world class player. Like he showed that yesterday, and like for however many seasons now, four or five seasons, and it's a real shame that he has no trophies, but. Didn't he sign like a six-year deal a couple of years ago? Yep. Is that yeah. okay? So he's got like four years left in his contract. So I do think, like Brian said, prepare for the worst. But the fee you're going to be asking for if he goes, and I know when you sold bail, the money was you know invested really poorly. <laughs> but if if you, I mean, aren't we looking at like 150 million? Like if you sell Harry Kane. It's going to be like 100 to 150, surely. We've got four years left in his contract. He's in his prime now. I am worried for you. I mean, like, who do you get? I don't know. Like, like, do you think, though, and I'll ask you a question, do you think if Kane goes, that Son goes as well? Do you think that he'd see that as a sign of, okay, I need to get out as well at this point? Or do you think he'd stay? I think I'm more, as bad as it sounds, I think I'm more concerned if Son goes because I feel like you need to look at Kane and and what he wants. I know we all want him to get a trophy, but if he's settled with his family in Tottenham, if he just wants to get those accolades, and I know Alan Shearer left and then came back, but if he wants to chase all the boots at Tottenham and that's what he's happy with, so be it. I mean, me as a footballer, I wouldn't want that. I want to win trophies for my team. But if Sonny leaves, I could see it happening because... Kane has that that connection with the club, whereas Sonny, I feel like, although he looks very happy playing for Spurs, I could see him leaving, which then will cause a major hole for Enik because obviously the revenue he makes in Korea and stuff. So, but it's mm. a good point because if Sonny leaves and then Kane's singing, oh, actually, no, maybe that is a good time for me to get out if you're getting out too. It's a good question. Yeah. Can, it, I just, can I just add to that as well? Sorry. Um, if, you, if you think about it, Obviously, I think it would be fair to say that the four of us probably don't expect Mourinho to be the Spurs manager next season. So you're talking about giving the money potentially to a person 
who who will have fresh ideas, which could be a positive, but it could also be a negative because they won't necessarily know the dynamic of Spurs because they haven't managed it for long enough, if you get what I mean. Now, if Mourinho is in charge, then you also have a problem. Do you trust Mourinho with £200 million, bearing in mind mm. what he did at Man United and, and getting him to replace these players when a lot of people now think he's past it? Mm. It's, see, the other way you could kind of put a spin on it is, does Harry Kane want to sit for another rebuild? If exactly. Joe, I feel like Joe say I think, was the last roll of the dice and he hasn't managed to deliver. And again, like we'll go to Brian on the board because I feel like for the board, it was the cheaper option to invest in Jose Mourinho rather than investing in the whole squad. Go on, Brian, let loose. Here we go. Here we go. Okie dokie. So, first of all, first of all, if Sun goes, we are absolutely screwed. It doesn't matter if Kane stays or whatever because the amount of money, this contract that was going to be signed in October, and then we keep hearing it's going to be signed soon, it's going to be signed soon. The money Kane brings in from the Far East will pay... Oh, sorry, Sun brings in from the Far East will pay for Sun's contract anything we want to give Kane. Like, if Harry Kane turned right now and said, right, I want 500 grand a week and I want the team to come out of White Hart Lane to Mr. Blobby or Barbie Girl, I would I'd say, yep, yeah, OK, sign it. Yep, yep, stay. Whatever that man wants, give him. But also what you've got to remember, if we sell them... It's not like when, and I hate to say Liverpool, uh, but Liverpool's the easiest example to give, when they sell their best player in Coutinho and go, here we go, we need a goalkeeper, we need a defender, let's go break the world record and buy the best two. That's not happening. That is not happening. Spurs fans, you, you can't replace Kane anyway. It doesn't matter what you do, you can't replace him. And um, it doesn't mean anything to our board. Our board, honestly, I admire Everton, honestly, even during the dark days with Bill Kenwright, the one bit thing Bill Kenwright used to be, he is Everton till you die. And he wears his heart on his sleeve. He communicates with fans. He communicated with the people. And he didn't talk absolute nonsense. Well, our chairman, our owner, our board have verbal diarrhea every single... If they told me tomorrow is Sunday, I wouldn't believe them. That's how shit our board are. And they are making a mockery... <laughs> They are making a mockery of this club. I'm telling you now, I've got a bet with Ben from We Are Tottenham TV. He thinks if we sell Kane, we're getting Danny Ings. I'm like, don't be silly. That's way too That's way too classy for them. We're getting someone like Callum Wilson. We're getting someone like Callum Wilson who's injured half the season because that, it's the cheap option. And when it comes to the bow money, what you've got to understand... Oh, breathe. Okay. With the bow, <laughs> so with the bow money, those seven players that we signed, AVB wanted two. Two. He wanted Ericsson, mm. and I think the other one he wanted, I can't remember. The other five, he didn't want. He did not want at all. And it's apparently the reason Poch didn't buy players is uh, Levy offered them, but he didn't want them, so he didn't buy them. Well, how comes AVB didn't want these players, but you do go and buy them? So, like I said, this guy is just a moron. He's at every mm. game. He never says anything. Um, when we... What kind of idiot? He could have turned me around and made me a hero. He could, could have turned me from a, the way I am with him to a hero. When we moved to Wembley, he said, <laughs> he said that there will be one year till we move in back home. One year we're going to Wembley. Now, I live in Canada now, so uh, I mean, I was in England at the time. Who in the right mind believes that a building that size in England and in London will be built in a year? No one. 
So why don't you say it's going to be two years? And if it was built in a year, oh my God, Daniel Levy is a magician. Oh, no. But then what we do is when we find out that it's not happening, we apologize to the NFL before we apologize to the fans. And all the Spurs mm. season ticket holders that are, uh, are watching now will know that he offered a refund for the Liverpool game that was meant to be the first game at White Hart Lane, but then increased the price for the game at Liverpool, uh, at Wembley. So these are the kind of things. And the worst thing, Marcelo showed me something yesterday. In the Spurs shop right now, you can buy a Carabao Cup finalist mug, pen and flag. No, I saw that, yeah. This, this, this is what we've yeah. become. We are a shambles. And for this guy that's meant to be a fantastic businessman, um, on a, on a, on a, where he's grown us on the stadium and all that, he's brilliant. But for a guy that's meant to be a great businessman, we should have had, in this team right now, Jack Grealish, Skriniar, possibly Ruben Diaz, Bruno Fernandes, and Pablo Dybala. As, there we go. Mm. Thank you, Cody. But he's haggled over five ten million. I mean, you went and spent fifty million for Sigerson. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think it, I love Gilfie. I absolutely love him, and we should have made more of him at Tottenham. But with with Sigerson, he is a very specific player that can only play in a very specific position. As you saw with Swansea, they built the team around him because they knew he was the real deal. So you you went and spent Swansea go and say fifty million. You pay it. All right, it may not have worked out. I don't believe he's that much. But if that's the player the manager wanted, and that was a yeah. huge transfer, look at James Rodriguez. If you didn't have Ancelotti, you, there's no way Rodriguez would have come to Everton. It was that Ancelotti <laughs> link. Yeah, and they backed the manager and brought the players. Alan, these players, regardless, I mean, maybe if Ancelotti had them for a couple of years or you had a, a great manager that started building Everton up to the team you, you used to be, I understand that. But out of nowhere to attract these players. Now, Jose could have attracted some great players, but we don't get back. What's the point? Of g- Jose Marie- This is Okay, my final thing before I have a meltdown. <laughs> D- Daniel Levy gives it the big one about how he wanted Jose Mourinho for 20 years. How I've wanted him. This is the manager to take Tottenham. So he has learned in 20 years that what Jose Mourinho does is comes to a club, spends millions, and I mean hundreds of millions, Wins trophies, then absolutely rips the side apart and goes. So Daniel Levy brings him in with, uh, you're not going to have any money. You can't buy anyone. You need to win trophies or top four or you're done. Who scouts a manager and then gives him nothing? And done. (laughs) Brian, I think you should write a book on it, to be fair. Oh, trust me, I'm going to do more than a book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's just your, your little lowdown on what Brian thinks of Enik. And to be fair to him, I kind of I have the same vibe. I'm just fed up of talking about them, to be honest. That's why I left it to Brian. And Sue has done <laughs> me a dirty there, saying glossing over them. Look, I tried to get over that Duloc stug and that uh, that announcement, and you brought it all <laughs> back to me, Sue. Can you not, please? Um, but we've got a question here, which is quite a good one. So I come to you first, Rose. Obviously, we've spoken a little bit about obviously our board and things, and I kind of want to get your take because obviously. What do you think of our transfers compared to your transfers? What did you, how can I word this? Obviously, we know our thoughts and feelings on the players we brought in. What's your kind of take? Do you think we did better in the window or do you think you've massively outdone us? Uh, 
I think on surface level, I think we outdid you. I mean, to bring James Rodriguez, we mentioned the player earlier, Ben Godfrey at the back. He's a player with a real future. Like, he just has everything in his game. So versatile. And I wasn't expecting it. Like, I, I liked him at Norwich. I thought he was okay. But, like, the level that he's playing at with us now is uh, is completely different. I think Decore as well, he's been, you know... Uh, an engine in our midfield and lucky that he's injured now you know until the end of the season pretty much and Alan you know two of those players only came like Brian said because of Ancelotti Alan and Hammers um but Decore is a player that I've liked for a long time at Watford um and even in the relegation season I think he he shone this transfer window I've been happy with I think if you go back a couple I've not been so happy but since Ancelotti's come in um I think we've done okay in terms of you guys, Hoiberg, I know that he pretty much had a choice between Spurs and Everton and he chose you guys. I think he started off well, but is it fair to say that he's like dropped off now just because like the whole team has not been playing so well? Um, Yesterday was his million. 53rd game, Rose. His 53rd oh, wow. game of the season. And for a majority, he plays 90 Hoiberg. minutes. He, he, oh, is wow. a, he is a machine. In that and case, he's doing great. <laughs> to me, he is the signing of the entire transfer window for the whole Premier yeah. League. The greatest, honestly. Yeah. And 53 games, 90 minutes for about 80, above 90% of them. And now yeah. you're doing the work for three or four players because we're crap. Um, yeah, he, 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 he's incredible. Um, yes. But Doherty, for me, Doherty, I thought, would be a really good signing for you. Like, I, at Wolves, I thought it was great. But then some players just need to play at those clubs. So I think that one hasn't really worked out. Mourinho clearly doesn't like him. He plays Aurier, then he plays him. And then I just, yeah, I don't really know what your setup is. And I, I feel like the players haven't really been brought in to fit the system. And I'd say for Everton, I think, Ancelotti and Brands, they have said this is how we're going to play um, most of the time. So, with that being said, um, Mike, obviously we've touched on a few players we signed. Do you think it was mainly the pool of Ancelotti that made those players come to Everton? Uh, yeah, and I'm just going to quickly answer just the comment, the the question as well, just on, on that one, yeah. Rose. It's very quick. The, the facts are, where were Spurs last season? Where did they finish? Sixth. That's a good question. Right. <laughs> Everton finished, I think it was 12th or 13th, weren't it, Rose, if I'm not mistaken? I'm sure you think yeah. it was 12th. I think Absolutely. we finished 12th here on Southampton. That's where you can see where the transfer windows, Everton have progressed. They could even mm. have done better if they weren't so shit at home. Um, whereas Spurs have, have have come backwards. So that that's why I think Everton definitely had a better transfer window. And to answer that question, Rose, yeah, Carlo Ancelotti pulled in these players. You know, this is what Everton needed to do five years ago when they had five hundred million and they went round the whole of Merseyside spunking money up everyone's walls, bringing in players like Klassen and Balassi for ridiculous amounts of money, only for Balassi to leave on a free and Klassen to leave for half what we paid for him twelve months later. £43 million on Sigurdsson, who's had about 15 good games in the blue shirt. It's it's It needed to be done then. So it put us a little bit behind. But now, thank God, Touchwood and everything, he can attract these players, which are the bigger name, which Everton wouldn't have attracted beforehand. You know, all of a sudden, Everton have gone from being linked 
with players like Chris Smalling and Marcus Rojo under under Marco Silva to being linked with Kulabali and Skriniar. You know, these, these are players Everton two years ago wouldn't have even dreamt of really signing. You know, we were linked with Kulabali about five years ago when we first had this money. But why the hell would he have signed for Everton? Whereas now, I'm not saying it's out the equation. but And that's only because... Of Carlo Ancelotti. Now, don't get me wrong. Look, we're still we're still not a top six side because we haven't got a top six squad. We've got, in my opinion, a top six first eleven, and then a bottom four squad. Over time, that will progress. It will be better, and I trust Carlo to bring in the players. But yeah, we wouldn't have signed Allen. We wouldn't have signed James Rodriguez. Um, and you could possibly say we wouldn't have signed players like, like Ben Godfrey and that because other teams needed to... I mean, you needed a centre-back. You went and bought Rodon. Why, you know, why you, would we you, buy a centre-back? Why, why, why would we do it when we need a defender? We'd, we'll go buy another striker for no reason whatsoever. We don't <laughs> fill our holes. It's, that's don't trouble, don't right? shout that too loudly, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> don't shout that too loud. I realised where I went with there. Um, I, I did it last night. I did it. Holly jumped onto my stream and I said something like, I said something like, I can't believe it. we've smashed you around Goodison all night. <laughs> and I was like, as if I've just said that. I love yep. it. I come into the chat and you just cause these these like outbursts. It's hilarious. It sounded I love it. horrendous and I was so sorry because I didn't mean it, but I did say it. I did say it. But I meant Spurs not being <laughs> to Holly, obviously. I, I also want to touch on how great Everton's transfer policy has been because I've been saying for a long time now, the thing that Tottenham do... Oh, because of the supreme leader, all praise, um, <laughs> is we go, instead of going out and buying diamonds, we go and buy lumps of coal to try and turn them into a diamond and sell them for a bigger profit. Rob them now, th- that's all we <laughs> That's all we do. And nine times out of ten, it falls flat on our face. Now, the way I believe it is you've got to buy the, bring in the odd diamond in here and there and then a few lumps of coal. Everton have done it bang on this season. They went and bought the diamond, which was Rodriguez, they went and bought a lump of coal, which they will turn into a diamond. And as I said, Rosa, and uh, I said it, Mike, as you went uh, to, to the door, I think Ben Godfrey is a future England captain. I think he's world-class, potentially. I think he is that This that guy good. talks sense, Rosis, lad. Mm-hmm. He talks sense. Honestly, <laughs> I'll tell you, so, what, I'll go further than that, Brian. He is going to be one of the best English centre-backs of the last 30 years. Oh, I rate him that highly. Without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. But we have a great scouting network that look at him and go, no. Because uh, so, we're, we're really clever in that part. Um, but yes, this is what Everton do. Everton buy... They don't, we bought seven in. I think you bought four or five. You bought Decore. Established, established Premier League. Even like Rose said, even in a, def- in a relegated team, he's shot out. So you know he can handle it. You bought Allen, who knows Ancelotti knows exactly what he wants from him, and he will do the job. It's brilliant, brilliant transfer business. So I know there's links between, like, like you were saying, with the red noisy neighbour and the red winning the trophies. That's it. Apart from that, Everton are a superior club to us, and I hate saying it. Right now, they are a superior club. Right, and to be honest with you, it pains me to say it as well because I still stand by the fact because I think this season. We've both been up and down. But when you marry the two with our, obviously, Mr. Steve Hitchin with his lovely scouting, um, when you marry that with the likes of Everton's scouting skills, 
there is a difference and there is a big difference, like you said. And I think that's the biggest thing that lets Tottenham down, obviously, with Levy as well. But you need to first get the recipe to get these players in. And it's just not going to happen. And there's lots of people saying in the chat that we have dead wood. And that's 100% as well. But I think with Everton, I said this last season, I was like, we have quality. We did have quality, but we didn't have squad depth. This season, I think we've done the reversal where we've got little quality and too much squad depth. And I feel like Everton have more quality, but not enough squad depth. Mm-hmm. So that being said, Rose, what what needs to happen in the summer for Everton to really push on? Uh, Max Ahrens, uh, right back. Player I've been Don't going on about stop. for about a year, a year and a bit. <laughs> I think one of my first videos was about him. Um, Max Ahrens, right back. I, th- I think it'll happen. I think the Godfrey link, I think... Uh, I- I don't want to say it's done, but, you know, I know that Munich and, and, and other teams are looking at him, but I think Max Aaron's number one. I still think in terms of going forward, a winger, like, we just don't have a lot of pace. And you have the likes of Iwobi and Bernard. They'll have one good game every 10, if that, and, and it's just not enough. So I think a right back, a winger, and for me, still another midfielder because... The players that we have signed this summer, uh, last summer, sorry, they have been injured. You know, they've been in and out. So, for me, I really like Countwell. I know that Norwich have just been promoted. I think in some ways that we need to get European football to, and Ancelotti to entice them still. Because, don't clip this, but I don't think Norwich are going to finish, you know, in the top seven next season. So, you know, to have that lure, it's going to be hard now seeing as they have been promoted. But... I think the project that we have, the new stadium, the manager, the players that we have, I think we can lure um, players from newly promoted teams. So for me, yeah, Aaron's a ball-carrying midfielder, somebody like a Countwell. I liked Grealish as well, but that that's just not going to happen now. Like, he's only going to go to like a, like a top like, elite club in the Premier League. But player in that kind of mould, I haven't really got a name to give you, but one like that. I feel like you need to come and scout for... For Tottenham, Rose, I feel like because that, I think that's don't, what you're don't, don't, do not <laughs> because I made a video on Jota and the day after he signed for Liverpool and they did not let me hear the end of it. So oh, no. I'm not I'm not saying any names. Um, <laughs> can, can, I just want to I just want to just add a little bit to that. They, this is where the name of Carlo Ancelotti was so important because um, I think it's fair to say that before. Marcel, uh, before Carlo Ancelotti, I think Marcel Brand had actually done a really poor job at Everton. He'd spent a lot of money on a lot of shit. You know, let, let, let's remember the fact that Everton went from a deadline day, exciting, like, oh my God, we're going to have such a great day with Zuma, Decore and, and Wilfred Zaha to go in and sign in Iwobi for 35 million. Let, let, let me get that balloon and fucking pop that for you. And then on top of that, there's been numerous signings that he made which just didn't work. However, when you've partnered him up with somebody who's got that pull factor, which Marco Silva definitely didn't, he's, he's done good deals. You know, James Rodriguez was free. People don't realise that. They think he was 20 million. He was free. We got him as a free transfer. You know, these deals were absolutely phenomenal. So for Everton, Carlo Ancelotti and a good director of football have really, really worked. And this summer, Rose is absolutely bang on for Everton. Max Aaron's, in my mind, he's done. 
like it, I would say it's done. I think it's done. I think it'll be thirty-two million. I think he'll sign very early before the um, the Euros. He'll come in. Um, so I think that'll happen. I expect Everton to go and get a ball carrying midfielder. Now at the minute, Jesse Lingard's at West Ham, absolutely ripping it up. But that is the sort of player that Everton need. That type of ball carrying midfielder. Because Decoray can break down play, not a great passer of the ball, to be honest. But he's an absolute engine. He does run up and down, but he's not a great ball carrier. Alan, it honestly, breaks everything down. He's, he's, he's our equivalent of Hoiberg, just with more injuries. And then we lack that ball carrier. And, and also, we lack we lack real wit because the Charleston comes inside and no disrespect. I don't know whether Rose agrees with me because this is very divided between Everton fans. But I'm telling you now, I would not be asked if Richarlison left tomorrow for the amount of money we paid for him. Like, it, I yeah. just don't. I don't see the attraction with him anymore. And then we haven't got another winger on the right hand side. So, in my opinion, Everton don't just need a right back, a centre midfielder, uh, uh, and at least one winger. I also think they need a striker. Because Calvert-Lewin, when he has not hit the onion bag this season, Everton have been as blunt as a spoon. And I don't mean the pointy ends where you dig your, into the ice cream. I mean the back end that doesn't do anything. So, for me, it's a massive, massive, massive window for Everton Football Club. And, uh, and hopefully we can push on. However, it's going to be a tough window because I suspect a lot of players are going to be, you know, are going to potentially want moves. And I think a lot of players are, are going to command decent fees. I know that people have said about the, the norovirus and all of that. And you see how I didn't say a full word just so it didn't yeah. get your video demonetized. You see, us. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people think there's not going to be big money spent. I think there's going to be mega money spent this summer. Mega. It's an interesting take. That is because like, I don't know how to, uh... This is another thing I wanted to ask you. Obviously, me and Brian have sat through moving homes and, and going to our new ground. What's both your kind of takes on moving to your new ground? Are you excited for it? Are you, have you seen other clubs in and around the likes of Arsenal and us that are now kind of dipping in form and, and falling off the cliff, so to speak? Rose, what's your kind of... I'll go to you first, Rose. What's your kind of take on it? Are you excited? Gosh, if we dip any more, we'll be finishing the bottom half. Like, no, 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 exactly, like, exactly. really? But like, yes, so, like yes, there's yes. not really anywhere to go. Like, we're not, we're not in Europe now. We might be twelfth. Oh, okay. Like, it's just, um, I can, I only see positive. Like, I love Goodison. Every Everton fan loves Goodison. Like, it's an old-fashioned ground. The the atmosphere is amazing. You know, when it when all the fans are in there. So it will be sad, of course it will. But we've got a few seasons yet. It's needed. You know, we've got 10,000 on the waiting list of, of you know, the, for the current stadium. So the capacity will be filled. And it just looks amazing. Like, even the person, like, even fans who love Goodison, like, probably more than I do, will just be like, look at that new stadium. Like, it just looks amazing. With Arsenal, and I know people compare it to Arsenal Spurs, Arsenal are at a very different level. Than you know than what we're at, and I, I, I lower, just think lower than both of us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. up the fucking toughies, up the stairs. <laughs> hey, but there you are. Yeah, I'll, I'll just stop talking that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Rose. I'm sorry. Right. I just love that. I loved you go it. for it. <laughs> I loved it. I, I 
Rose just hit the nail firmly on the head. Uh, what if Everton move into this stadium? Where where can they go backwards? Look, I'm telling you, I've been at Goodison when we've been one nil up, nil nil, and there's been absolutely no singing, none. All I've heard is the away fans. I've been at Goodison where the atmosphere has been embarrassing. I actually called it out one game and got absolutely obliterated on uh, on YouTube for it. But the facts were, if they're not going to sing, don't have a go at me. You know, the, the for me, the biggest difference between the new stadiums is how close the fans are going to still be to the pitch because the Everton fans are going to be literally on the legal limit of how close I can get to them 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 players so it's a little bit closer than than you guys in your stadium it's considerably closer than arsenal and and let's go it yeah let's go further you know you could stick you could stick a moat around the pitch at at west ham and you you know it'd be fine so for me um i don't think it has a negative effect if anything it probably pushes everton along a little bit however look we've not been in this situation we may well do an Arsenal. We, we may well do a, a, a Spurs. In, who, who fucking knows? The only hope is that we go there. We've got the right manager. We've been, we're in Europe then, and we've we've got the right players, and they can carry us into this new stadium. But look, who really knows the answer? Mm. I just wanted to try and get your take on it. Obviously, with Brian, I know his take on and Levy and Sue's already said it in the chat. We've kind of traded having. An okay team, a good team, shall we speak? We were unbeaten at home, so then just I don't know what's gone wrong, just falling off a, a cliff, really. Um, I like to, I, mean, I like, I like to answer Danny. Oh, Kiriaku. Yes, one. Brian. What's your feelings <laughs> towards Danny? Uh, right, can I? He, he, <laughs> so this is this is a friend of mine who uh, I have a bit of a, a reputation in the uh, Tottenham Hotspur YouTube community for uh, for going absolutely. Uh, levels above anyone else i am his number one hater and proud of it um i will wear the badge I, I honestly i'd love to meet him one day just so i could tell him to his face um oh for the one so the one thing and it's really scared me now that you've actually said about I, i'm really upset that you two both said max aarons because it's a player that i've wanted at tottenham for two years and one of my very good friends i uh, used to work with here in toronto is actually uh, a norwich fan and from norwich he's back in uh, back in england now and he waxes lyrical about Max Aaron's. We oh, saw what he could yeah. do in the Premier League. He's phenomenal. We should have got him. Yeah. We didn't. We got Doherty. There we go again with our great scouting network. And the worrying thing is, if we both go in for him, right now, I think he's going to go to Everton because he's got the manager. The, the team are around him and supported. Right now, you just don't know what you're going to get with us. We don't know. Is Mourinho going to be there? Is this new coach going to like him? There's so many ifs, buts and maybes with anything we do this summer which is our biggest window in our history, in all honesty. And, oh, oh, it's more than make or break. Uh, There'll be riots if this goes wrong, I think. There really will be. In the stadiums, there'll be riots. Yeah, I think we've just all had enough. It's got to the stage where we thought Jose was going to be the answer, going to give us trophies again. It wasn't necessarily backed because he got his third, fourth choice. Uh, It's just a never-ending cycle. Now, before we close up, I just want to try and I know... You guys are Everton fans, but I just want to see if you can maybe give me your take on our game against Southampton. So, Brian, I come to you first, obviously, because you're the Tottenham fan amongst us. What are you What are you looking forward to, or shall I say, what are you preparing for against Southampton? Well, I'm hoping Hoiberg rested, 
Sun rest like all, all of the main main players that are playing well. Do not put them on the pitch. Do not put them on the pitch. Top four is done. This is done. It's the it's now the couple the couple bust. Whilst we were still in the Europa, I I said on my show and a load. I was like, forget the league. We need to focus on the trophies now. Just rest your players during the league. Obviously, play main players. Southampton. I, I like the football they play. Danny Ings is always going to score against us. Um, but like I said, I, I, I've gone part with the league. I don't, I don't care. I, I, I've even said if I, I'll play Alfie Devine. I know Scarlett's injured right now. I'll play all the youth because they will at least give a performance. I don't care about the results in the league now. I just want to see heart. I want to see passion. I want to see them fight for the badge and actually put in a performance. If we, if we had played really, really well against Everton and they're beating us or withdrawn, hands up, that's football. The best team won. But the last three games, or ever since the Arsenal game, the football has been atrocious. The commitment and dedication has been pathetic. And that needs to change. And I never I can never say Spurs are going to lose. I just I don't have it in my blood to, to, to go against them. So I'm going to go for the most boring of boring in this nil-nil draws and just hope everyone just stays fit or doesn't play. Mm. And I think the main worry is obviously Kane. I mean, I, I don't know whether he's he's going to be fit or not, but again, it was his glass ankle. I mean, he didn't leave on crutches or anything, so that's a positive sign. But again, just rest him. We need him for City. So with those kind of injuries, what you got to remember as well, yes, it's brilliant that he did not walk on a crutch or, or a moon boot. When it's like an ankle injury, it's the next day. Mm. where you wake up and if it's not elevated, all that. So, I mean, hopefully, but this is the thing, he's still not going to be 100% for the game. He may be fit, but that he could take one tap on the angle, uh, angle, ankle, and that could root. So, yeah, I, I don't want him anywhere near the pitch. I don't want him anywhere near Southampton if he is fit. Hoiberg, Undenbele, all of those, out, rest, do whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this. Nor am I, because oh, I'll have to go to work the next day and I'll start singing Samson songs in my ear all, all day and I'm not feeling from that and I'm not feeling that vibe from year one, so let's put it that way. So, Rose, I'll come to you. What, what's your kind of take, obviously, for us going into this game? I know it's, it's a bit difficult because obviously you're Everton fans, but if you get into the mind of a Tottenham mm-hmm. fan right now, what are you predicting? <laughs> we're used um, to it. We're usually in the mind of Spurs fans. <laughs> we're the same fucking yeah, team, Ben. <laughs> It's a horrible place to be in the mind of a Spurs fan right now, trust me. <laughs> um, I agree with Brian, to be honest. But I think, you know, City today, well, they've lost to Chelsea. So, you know, I think Pep, he, he, he can over-rotate. So today they made eight changes. And I looked at the lineup and I was like, I thought it was just disrespectful to Chelsea, to be honest. So if you look at City, mm. they are beatable. Uh, and Chelsea, I watched like, the first hour of it. They dominated them. Uh, you know, they play the full strength team. So I agree with Brian. I think, you know, the trophy thing as well, we can relate to. Um, so the Southampton game, I mean, yeah, play, play the youth, rests on, hopefully Kane's fit, don't play him. Um, and Dumbele, like you say, Reguilon as well. I think he had a really poor game against us yesterday, but I still rate him. Um, and, and so, yeah, like, you know, and then I would just go for broke against Man City. So I know you said the Southampton game. I'd probably rest everybody for that one. Um, but then, you know, yeah, play Bale, play Son, play Kane. Like, just go strong because it's the final. Like you, you, you don't want to try your best at Southampton, get a draw, and then you're all knackered for the yeah. City game. So, yeah, just my day. Man City, Man City are going to be pissed now. The quadruple's over. 
Oh, yeah. just when you think it can't get any worse. I know. The stars oh, are Jesus. aligned once again. Do you know, so just, 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 to, um, just to also highlight. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a struggle for Spurs. But I think there's a real deep issue. And, and Everton have got the same issue, by the way. Um, did anyone hear what Eric Dyer said? You won't remember, Holly, because you were a different planet. But, Brian, <laughs> did you hear what Eric Dyer said last night? in his? You know what? He, he says so much. He's got the most monotone and boring voice. If, if ever I can't sleep, I just need to get an audio book of Eric Dyer. Bang. So, uh, whatever he said... Um, I was full of rage yesterday, so uh, I, I blacked he it said, out. But remind me, he said, so he come out and said that that game was a fair result. Now look, a lot of a lot of players would say that, wouldn't they? No, no, a lot of players would say that, wouldn't they? But the worrying undertone of that is basically, you lot were happy to go to Goodison Park, a place where you haven't lost in a long time. I think I think it's a fair few years. Yes, you lost in the Carabao Cup again. It was extra time, so it goes down to draw. But he was happy with that result and that performance. He was happy. Now this is this is this is a leader in not just your team, but the England team. This is a leader. Yeah, but this this is it. So uh Eric Dyer's comments just goes to show his vision both with his eyes and with his feet. They're both but, pathetic. But the worry, They're the worry both pathetic. Is, yeah, but the worry is how many of them players would think or say the same thing? And that that's that's the bit that Everton have got as well. Like this is why we're so similar, is because it's the mentality thing. It's about stepping of out of this mentality of being a good side, you know, a competitive side. You know, we are yep. we under David Moyes at times were the fifth best team in the Premier League. You Correct. like caught up, overtook us, and then you've done it for the last 10 years, you've been better than us consistently. Yeah. Now, both teams are in sort of this weird mindset where they've got these big-name managers and these big-name managers are having to tell players who can be quality on their day to actually go and deliver it on a consistent basis and prove their quality without having the correct mindset. If these players don't have the mindset to go to a game, any game, every single game, all 38 games of the season to go and win, I don't know what to say. So, Mike, we're, we're broken. We are honestly, and it's it's from the top. It's from the top down. Now, the thing is, as well, if you look at it, this is the Arsenal defeat. I'm just to comment on the Arsenal defeat where we got battered. We got absolutely ripped apart by Arsenal. Um, so the game after that, I, I mean, it's not even that. The, the, a few games before, we'd won four nil, four ones. We're playing lovely football. We go into that game knowing that Arsenal are uh, hideous at the back, just attack, attack, attack. And what do we do? We defend. And then after that, Manchester, uh, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal play West Ham. What did they do? They went for the jugular. Their defence was shit. They scored three goals. All right, West Ham weren't that good. They came back to 3-3. But then Liverpool went to Arsenal. And Liverpool attacked them. And Liverpool scored three. And then we came to you, who have been ravaged by injuries. Ravaged. Decimated with your best key players. We have Harry Kane, whose goal return against Everton is better than the goal of game at Goodison Park. And we defend. There is no, I don't, there's nothing. There's nothing. I, I've i never, and like I said, I'm 41 years old, so I've been watching Spurs like religiously since like the 80s. Even during the 90s, at least I knew what my team was doing or the direction. I might not have agreed with everything, but there was some kind of club philosophy, club ethos. There's some kind of, 
the star players you know that are going to deliver. And right now, there's nothing. There's nothing. Harry Kane. That's it. He's a one-man army, pretty much. Yep. But it, it's strange that we've, we're talking about this parallel again, because with Tottenham, like, I know he's behind me and he's just there for banter now because he's completely gone for me. He, I want to chuck him off the skywalk because it, it's just getting to that stage. But Harry Winks, <laughs> he wants to get into the England squad and he came out and said that. Then show your passion and worth on the Spurs pitch first. I, I, I feel like there's too many team, there's too many players in this team that have bigger egos. The likes of, I know in in the documentary, obviously we have Danny Rose, and he did speak his mind. And at the time, I was thinking to myself, how dare you speak your mind in in that kind of tone to a manager like that? But it kind of speaks some truth now. But then you also think to yourself, you want a star move to Milan, and that's never going to happen. So I think it's a bad combination, maybe at I don't know necessarily at Everton. I don't know what you guys think on it, but there's too many players at Tottenham that think they're bigger than what they are. I don't know whether that's the same kind of theme at yours. And I, I don't mean this as, as a disrespect to either set of fans, but I think both fans are guilty of that. I'm reading comments from both Everton and, and, and Tottenham fans in the chat telling me how good the squads of players are. No, let's face facts. Both, both squads of players are not good enough for the top six. doesn't matter whether you support Arsenal or Everton. You know, it, Everton's squad is horrendous behind the, the mm. first 11. A few injuries as well. The squad depth just isn't there. I don't think the Spurs 11 is a top four squad of players. And I'm really sorry for saying that on the Spurs. I don't, I'm not, I'm not being critical. I just don't. I think I look at the two centre-backs, they're ageing. I look at Eric Dyer. I don't mm. understand how he gets a game. Yes, regular top, top player, so can't insult him. Lloris, French quality player. Like, I'm not going to insult him, but he has got a uh, mistake in him, but not yep. as consistent as Pickford. You know, you look on the other side, Doherty. Who do you play at right back? Same issue Everton have got. Midfield. Okay, Ndombele, fantastic. But has he done that enough consistently? I question yep. it. You know, Le Celso, whoever else you want to throw in. If you take Son and Kane out of that team, are Spurs really better than anyone in the top eight? No. No. And that's mm. the trouble. We've read, we've rode this wave for so long. We haven't we dished out that, Deadwood. We accept it as football fans. We mm. accept it. Everton are exactly the same. You take Hamas Rodriguez out of the Everton side, it doesn't matter who else you play. We, we have been awful. So I just... The frustrating thing, issue. though... I think for Spurs fan is the fact that we've had 20 years of Enic and we've got one trophy from it. Yet we've got this amazing stadium. And you're thinking to yourself, imagine if we invested that money to support the likes of Kane and Son. Do you know what I mean? Rather yeah. than building this swanky new stadium to get more money to bring in from the NFL, to bring in this, to bring in that, to have concerts. And you're sat there thinking, is that money going to be reinvested into our team? Probably not. And don't get me wrong, maybe I should sit here and accept it. But when I've got a chairman like that, that's got an amazing business brain, but doesn't necessarily care about the players on the pitch or the football being played on the pitch. Well, I don't really know how you're supposed to take from that. But I, I do get what you're saying. I think us as, as Spurs fans sometimes sit here and think maybe we are, we have been overachieving. Maybe we you have had, been. You had a top yeah. four team. So, uh, so yeah. that makes a bang on comment. Yeah. You had a top four side two years ago. Absolutely. I actually thought you could have challenged for the title like three years ago. I thought you could have challenged for the title. He never, he, Levy never backed him right at the yeah. key time. 
and that, as a result, mm. sent you backwards, in my opinion. So, same as, yeah. you know, we, we went yeah. back I, to the Cumin. If anyone deserved the season... Agree. Sorry, Rose, go on. No, go on, Rose. like, I agree. Like, the, the 2018 final for you guys, I thought from there, right, like, you've got to the final. Now you're going to back him. Like, now, now, now's the time for the investment because you can clearly get there when you had Ericsson and... Uh, Vertonghen and Son and Kane and all of those that that was a fantastic team but there was no investment it was just oh well done Poch like, that was a good that was a good run uh see if you could do it again like and maybe yeah. we'll sell out into into Milan as well no like, it's just, just like yeah I don't know and I, I think that's why I kind of say like Spurs fans are just frustrated because we knew where we were like you've highlighted we, the year we should have won it was when Leicester won the won the Premier League. That's the year we should have mm. won it. Yeah. And from then is when we should have invested to push on the next year to get over that line. And again, we haven't done it. And now we're falling from grace. And I, me as a fact, I don't want to accept it because we should be nowhere where we are now. But sadly, it's the truth. Go on, Brian, you're itching to say something. Yeah, I have to. I mean, you're bang on right with the Leicester, the Leicester season. Should have strengthened there. Because we were second for most of it, and then obviously that bloody Newcastle game, and obviously the banter came that you finished third in a in a two horse race. The season where we should have backed him was the last season in the lane when we finished second, and that's when you had that, that whole team from one to eleven, and then you got to remember, Eric Dyer was playing defensive midfielder that season. Yeah, and you had Dembele, one Yama who we should have had a couple of years before because one Yama was absolutely incredible for that one season. And you had Dyer do that. We should have left there. But the guy that said, oh, don't worry, the stadium de- uh, development is there and then the transfer money is there. The way we back our manager and Pochettino, if anyone ever deserved a blank checkbook and say, off you go, fill your boots, look what you've done with, uh, with, with hardly any signings or hardly any money spent, go get who you want. And we didn't do it. And how did we celebrate that finishing second and everything? We didn't sign anyone that entire season. For a whole season. It's like, Arsenal had the record that they only bought Peter Cech, a goalkeeper. They were the only team not to buy an outfield player. Daniel Levy, hold my beer, I can beat this. Let's sign no one for it. Let's sign no one for an entire season. How do you recover from that? you meant to strengthen when you're at your strongest. Like Everton are doing now. They've got the manager. They're improving. Let's go sign people. When they move to their new stadium, they're going to be in 10 times the better position we were when we moved into ours because they're doing things the right way. They are. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And it's just, like I said, I try not to get too Finally. fired up. Just, but, just um... Finally. <laughs> go. <laughs> no, no, I was just, just saying, finally, we, it took us five years to do it the right way. Let's just, you know, Ever, as I say, Everton got money and just spaffed it everywhere. So it, it took us five years to get to this point. We've got money, but don't do that. We've never done it. You have to tell us how that feels. <laughs> Please send us notes. We need it. Because like I say, <laughs> nothing nothing is going to change, sadly, and until... Those people at the top have gone. And like I keep saying, yes, we've got a lovely training facility. Yes, we can house house all of these different events at the stadium. I just want to watch nice football. And yes, okay, five years under Potch was nice football. We didn't win anything. But we've said tonight, we had investment in that squad. We're having a different conversation. And it's just an ending cycle. But I want to wrap things up now. I want to say thank you very much to my guests. And I'll go around in a circle kind of way. Because like I said, I'm enjoying these podcasts, but I wouldn't be able to make it 
as free-flowing as they are if I didn't have amazing guests on. So I'll start with you, Brian. Where can everybody find you doing your stuff? So as it says on the uh, name piece i got there, you can find me as well as three other people, Brian Island, Stelios and Shy at Tottenham Away. The underscore that's written there is our Twitter handle and our Facebook handle and Instagram handle. But obviously for uh, YouTube, we are just Tottenham Away, no underscore. We just like to have a lot of fun, a lot of banter, and at the moment, that's basically what our club is. So why not? There's no serious talk because we're just a mess. Um, so if you need a, a Tottenham Hotspur pick me up and to watch my rants regularly, which are like a, a common theme of, of me, uh, you'll find us at Tottenham away. I love it, and lots of passion for Daniel Levy. I can definitely find oh, yeah. that. We're gonna have our own. We're gonna have our own rom com. Me and Daniel <laughs> Levy, like a, like a Notting Hill or something. Oh dear. And I'd also like to come to Rose. Rose, where can everybody find your stuff? Yeah, so I'm Everton Rose on YouTube. Um, I like making videos about Everton and meeting lots of different fans like yourselves. Um, and you can find me on Twitter as well at Everton Rose YT. And on Instagram is at Everton underscore underscore Rose. I've typed it in the comments because that's quite a lot of information. <laughs> Thank you, Rose. Nice. So good. Thanks I've for having put... me on, Holly. No, honestly, I've been meaning to get you on for so long. But obviously with work yeah. and everything, it's all over the place. But I'm glad we finally sat down and done it. And obviously, I want to say, Mike, thank you for coming on. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, so guys, you'll find me in the Blue Boys Network. You same name everywhere. It's boys with Z. But guys, more importantly, remember that you you two you two Spurs guys here, really good, consistent content giving you podcasts, giving you football content every week. If you're not subscribed to their channel, as Spurs fans, you've got to go and subscribe to their channel. Rose is the same. Her content is fantastic. Really good, open, footballing point of view. Go over and subscribe to Everton Rose as well. So give yourselves 10 seconds at the end of this to just go and subscribe to all three of their channels because it's absolutely magical. For me, guys, thank you for watching. As you can see, I'm very opinionated. Come over to Blue Boys Network. We'll have a laugh and a joke anytime you like. And uh, Holly, thank you for having me on. Congratulations on smashing 1K. And you thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly deserve it. I'm really proud of you because we've been doing this now. We've been speaking on and off now for the best part of two years. And to go from 150-odd subs that I remember you on and when we first spoke all the way to where you are, the progress has been phenomenal. Well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. I just wish I could come on here and talk about Tottenham in a nice way. But sadly, you can't have it all, I guess. But um, I will put everybody's links in the description, obviously, after last night. And uh, me at the Agon Bar, it, it didn't go down quite well, <laughs> me trying to organise everything. But I will put everybody's links in the description below. And that mm. leads me to say one more thing. And that is thank you to everyone in the chat for being around and entertaining us all with your comments and your questions and things. Um, if you're not already, please hit subscribe. And like I said, make sure you go check out these guys too. But until next time, come on you Spurs. Please come on you Spurs.